Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. We're from the Draft Network. And we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got everything you can imagine. Football's futures, Major League Baseball, golf, combat sports, esports, Vegas casino games. You name it, they have it. Super simple to use website. You can check out check out on your desktop Super or your mobile simple. device. Super simple, man. Uh, and we got a deal for you. Sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code believe. believe. That's B L E A V five zero. It's believe fifty for that welcome bonus. Bet online. Yeah, it's where the game, where the game starts. starts. Kyle, happy National Rebecca Day to you. It's my daughter. Oh, name. what I, a great, had, what a great day! I had to do what, it. I had to do what it. What a great day! Here, can I ask you a question? By the way, of course. Um, did you happen to listen to yesterday's episode of Drafties? No. Did you happen to see what day it was yesterday? Uh, no. National sneak a zucchini on your neighbor's porch day yesterday. Oh, gosh. I If I would have only known, I could have participated. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That that was, I was going to let it go, and we were like, oh, it's Happy Mock Draft Monday. We're not going to do the shtick. And then I just like happened to Google it, and I'm like, this is too outrageous <laughs> to not acknowledge, but I then also it. it's too outrageous to not have us at least acknowledges its existence a little bit. So, Man, I wish I would have known I could have done that to somebody, you know? Sneak as a key. Yeah, I mean, you drove yesterday. It would have been great to just pull over, get some in, when you came through Amish country, and then uh, mm-hmm. stop and do, do a couple ding-dong ditches and leave zucchinis <laughs> on people's front steps. Did you participate? Missed opportunity, man. Yeah, you hate to see it. Well, happy uh, TDM watch list, TDM 100 watch list part one day to you as well. First of all, how's uh, how's Northern New York treating you? I know you're up for Bill's camp this week. Uh, Going to have some cool opportunities while you're up there. Uh, so that, that's cool that you're getting in on the training camp fun a little bit. Uh, how's, how's the weather up there and, and how was the drive? It's very beautiful. 10-hour uh, drive. Very, very uh, smooth Already got a round of chicken wings in, got a beef on Wick, and uh, played golf this morning. It was in the mid-60s, so it's uh, we're okay, doing well. Piss off. We're doing okay. well here in western New York. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet. All right. Uh, so <laughs> happy TDM 100 watch list part one day to you as well. Today we are committing ourselves to Tiers T- 3 and Tiers 4, which, uh, of course, uh, complicates our ability to do anything in a timely manner. Because tier three and tier four are very large. It's 200 total names, this watch list of 100 players, that when we finish cross checks, uh, we will have whittled down to who we think the top 100 prospects are, in our opinion. But uh, the back, mm, back two sections, tier three and tier four, is like our fringe day two grades and then our early day three grades. And that makes up like 125 
of the 200 names on the list. So like if you're tier one, you're tier two, you're probably going to be a TDM 100 prospect. But uh, that's kind of the, the fun part to see when we get into cross checks and going from one scouts grade to going to five scouts grades to seeing how the average grades redistribute themselves and uh, who from those lower tiers ends up making that jump upwards. This is a really fun project. Um, it's a, uh... Everybody wants to know where you start, right? Everybody wants to know who are the prospects. College football is coming up this season. Yeah. Who, what guys do I need to pay attention to? Well, here oh, is a great resource one. for you. So, yeah, you're gonna hey, you're gonna watch Oregon in in Georgia week one. Pull this up, Control F Oregon in Georgia, and you're gonna have a really nice list of names. Uh, and of course, all the names are clickable with our scouting reports. And so, I love that feature of this project as well. Yeah, so everybody's obviously waiting for the the prospect database to update this year, and we we don't want to put that up and have it like alphabetical or off regional grades because it is still so fluid for us in our process for about another month. So this was the way that we said, hey, let's get a list up that everybody can navigate, and that way you can start to see our opinions on the players. And this watch tiered watch list was the right way to do it, where within the watch list, they are filtered alphabetically by last name. So we're not tipping away any rankings or anything like that. It's just, hey, here's the tiers that we put the players in, and we're going to work out the details as we go, knowing full well that there's upward and downward mobility. So let's start with tier four. Um, We have a strong group of names here in general that about half of them, knowing what I know, watching the players that I watched, about half of the players that I watched, and then, across the rest of the scouts that we have, there's about half of these that I would not be surprised to see make a big jump this year. Uh, so I guess from from your perspective, Joe, I'd love to hear you talk about any players that are here mm-hmm. that you think are really, really strong candidates to not just make a jump and get into TDM 100 for the initial version, but like potentially those guys that could go wire to wire, get into TDM 100 and then stay there throughout the season. Yeah, I, I have a very similar general perspective when reviewing these names in Tier 4, and two names that really pop for me are both Pittsburgh Panthers defensive players in the front seven there. Uh, their, their middle linebacker, Savasie Dennis, and then uh, an edge player there, Habakkuk uh, Baldonado. Uh, both of those I'm guys you, are... I'm glad you pronounced that one, by Habakkuk, the way. Habakkuk, actually, Habakkuk. Uh, thank, thankfully, um, it's a book in the Bible, and so you know, learned all about how to pronounce those as, as a child. Oh, no <laughs> so kidding. I was, I was really? ready for this moment. Yeah, man, I was, th- that was good, except for I actually didn't do it correctly. <laughs> you know me. You quickly, you corrected course. You got yeah, it. You're fine. Habakkuk. Um, both of those are super interesting players. Uh, really toolsy athletically. You really don't have any questions about either one of them. Uh, both give you the the athletic gifts that you're looking for in an edge rusher and in an off ball linebacker. But both guys that you know I think still have something to prove. Baldonado especially, kind of new to football, um, and he's grown a lot even year over year. He's a player. Of, it's really cool being able to kind of stick with these guys across multiple seasons to really. Yeah understand yeah. their growth and Baldonado is a guy that I thought took a big step last year and if he takes another step like he did from 2020 to 20, 2021 from 21 to 22 you know he's a guy that I think will be a major riser in this edge class and and Dennis is just another guy that's very similar it's just like hey expand that sample size 
show up, you know, for another season and you can you can also see him as a big time riser. So the Panthers got some guys on defense and those are two of my favorites. Of course, Kalijah Canty is a big name up front, but those two guys are a little bit lesser known that I think have a chance to rise a lot. Yeah, so uh, the first name that I want to call out is actually somebody from your region, but somebody that I did for two years, uh, Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. And it's like, I got to know, are you going to go back to like 2020 version of Jack Campbell, or are you actually just the second coming of Patty Fisher from Northwestern, who flashed early in your career and then never took the next step and kind of became more one-dimensional as you win as a football player. So Campbell's a player who has some really high-level tape, on his resume that I'm really interested to see what that looks like this year. Uh, But the other one for me is another defensive player, uh, Andre Carter from Army, who I know some people out there are sky high on. And I know his his pass rush productivity metrics are through the roof and this and that and all that. But I think when you watch him play and you contextualize where the reps are being won, how the reps are being won, physically where he's at as a player right now, he obviously has an NFL frame. He's super big, uh, six, a legit 6'6", 260 plus pounds. But I don't think his functional strength last season was at a point that had me comfortable to place him into that tier where you hear some conversational, hey, this might be a top 50 prospect. Like I didn't walk away from the tape with that level of comfort. And I tried to identify and watch Wake Forest with that long mesh RPO system that they have in the Wisconsin game where they run right downhill at you and they challenge you. And um, the flashes are there, but I think he's a little bit more raw than I would want to put in a tier three, tier two, tier one type discussion. And this was my way of acknowledging, hey, there are strengths here that you can really like. And I think there's something to build upon here. And he's probably gonna be the highest service academy player drafted in quite some time. But it's not the stone cold lock or like it's not that I don't have questions with him as a player that I'd like to have answered this year. Love to shout out one more name here, and that's Jalen Jones. He's a corner from Texas A&M, and I'm sure everyone's going to watch a lot of Texas A&M football this year based on those expectations and a lot of talent that they have. Uh, But but Jones is a guy that I can see really, really climbing and he fits kind of the mold of this year's cornerback prospect, another big, long, physical corner, 6'2", 205. Um, there's a lot of those this year, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of good size at corner. Um, five-star recruit um, has come on pretty strong for Texas a but I think there's another level for him to achieve. Just playing a little bit faster, showing a little bit better instincts and in zone coverage. Um, you could tell that he's got all the tools necessary to be a, a – a, potentially a high pick, but how can he evolve this year? Can he play faster? Can he squeeze routes a little bit tighter and put himself in positions to make even more plays in the ball? He's a guy that I I could really see climbing. I don't think he's done enough at this point for us to put him higher than this, Yeah, but he's a guy that throughout the course of the year, I can see the light bulb coming on and him really being a a really household name in this, in, in the top of this cornerback room. Uh, speaking of players who haven't done enough yet, but you want to acknowledge what they have at their disposal, uh, the player for me is Theo Johnson, the tight end from Penn State, mm. where you go back and watch this kid's high school reel, and then you understand how he's kind of built his his frame up and, and become a uh, 
stereotypical tight end build at the position, he's a really exciting receiving skill set that that I'm fascinated to see how things come together for this year. And, and I would be remiss in, in this discussion point to not talk about some of the members of our Cougs, uh, a couple of BYU Cougars uh, who I really, really like this year. Jaron Hall, the quarterback who has some really electric flashes on tape. Now, he's an older quarterback prospect, and that probably for some is going to be an automatic disqualifier and take the wind out of your sails. And I get why that will be the case, and I'm more than readily willing to acknowledge that that Jaron Hall was a first-year starter last year. It's rough around the edges, but the natural skills that he has is hard to ignore. And then uh, Isaac Rex, the tight end, and Puka Nakua, the wide receiver there. They, I mean, they got some fun players on offense, and I think they're going to transition back to what they look like Zach Wilson's year in 2020 as compared to this year when Jaron Hall's first year as the quarterback. They were very run-heavy, and it was Tyler Algier's show with the offensive line. Well, they brought back a ton of the guys on the offensive line, and now they got some dudes in the skill players, and Jaron Hall's more established. So I think there's a lot of upside in that BYU offense uh, and, and Nakua and Rex as players who are not like exceptionally older players, I think they could really stake a claim as being fringe day two types if it's all said and done and they live up to their potential. Kyle, you mentioned that I'm in Western New York and I'm having a great time here, but I am missing something. And that's my Sonos. Oh, no. My Sonos Ray speaker. You I didn't sh- pack the Ray? Bro, I should have packed the Ray. I made a mistake. Oh, you fool. I won't make the mistake again. Don't be without a Sonos Ray, like especially at your own house. Check this thing out. It's the best sound bar of all time. Uh, wonderful sound quality, obviously. That's that's a given here. Sonos makes such quality products, and this one falls right in line. It's the booming bass. It's the crystal clear sound. But what I love about it is the ease of setup and the functionality. I mean, you literally just take it out of the box, plug it in, and you are good to go. You just download the Sonos app. It takes you right through the setup. Super easy to figure out. But when you're in that app, it just gives you so much control, especially if you have like multiple Sonos speakers. And then you can just play music right to it from your phone. It's awesome for video games. And uh, of course, let me interject here for a minute, Joe. You can also, sorry, but like you can also integrate all like your sounds, your music streaming applications through the Ray app or the Sonos app. So like I can be on my Spotify playlist Mm -hmm. in one room and then on my Pandora playlist. Do people still use Pandora? I still do, but I don't. Just you. Yeah, just you. But all right. Well, here's your sign. I'll uh, I'll say less, (laughs) but I think it's really cool that you can integrate your streaming, your music streaming apps within the Sonos app and have that customized. Like each room, you can have a different vibe if you want to. Super cool. Check it out. Visit Sonos.com to shop for Ray now. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Listen, anytime you're sick, you take medicine. You take care of yourself. When your car is having trouble or it needs an oil change, you go, you take care of it, you get it fixed because you want to keep those things in your life healthy. You want to keep those things right. Well, how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one from your entire life? That's how your brains work, so we need to treat them the same way. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps, but there's also better help online therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy with video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash draft dudes. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash draft dudes. All right, so I'm going to give him a heart attack here. Hey, Chris. <laughs> so Chris is um, 
Chris is um, in transition. He's, he's getting a, like a, a studio set up for us today. And he was traveling for the start of the meeting. And then he just messaged me on Discord, the TDM Premium Discord, by the way, which if you're a TDM Premium and you're not in there, what the heck are you doing? And he's like, hey, don't come to me for anything. I'm getting everything set up. So I definitely wanted to make sure while we're recording, I said hello to Chris and we're giving the thumbs up for him. Now that he's here in the back. He's floating around producing this thing somewhere. Mm. Uh, <laughs> That's right, he is. <laughs> so let's talk about tier three. Tier three is uh, a group of players that almost has as many in it as what tiers one and two do combined. Tiers one and two have 68 players. I know I said about 75. 68 is the formal number in tiers one and tiers two. Tier three has almost an equal number of players. And Joe, um, these are all players that I think we readily acknowledge there is potential here for these guys to be impact players at the next level. Not all of them will live up to that potential, and we will see what the consensus looks like when we break it down and we go through cross-checks. But you look at this group. Are there any names that you are surprised to see here in Tier 3? Hmm. Surprised. For better or for worse? That's that's an interesting way to put it. Um. I guess the name – so what's hard about summer scouting is that it is summer scouting, and it's an incomplete profile of the player, right? You sure. have to acknowledge that, and that creates sure. challenges. But we have Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, in this bucket, and I, I personally think that's appropriate. But there are some people that are ready to risk it all with Anthony Richardson right. based on the 64 passing attempts that he has so far right. in his career at Florida. The tools are there, and I think we we so desperately want to be ahead of that um, that one quarterback prospect every single year that seemingly comes out of nowhere and like, okay, let's not let him come out of nowhere everywhere. Let's see if we can anticipate that. And I think people are doing that with Anthony Richardson. Uh, so I, it's surprising, but also I think correct that we have him in this bucket based on what he still has to prove uh, as a prospect. I'll keep this quarterback, and and I know you did this player, so talk to me about mm. what you saw in Spencer Rattler that has you willing to have him as a Tier 3 player. You know, this, this is, like, you have your haves and your have-nots, right? And, like, you've got Tier 1 quarterbacks. I don't think we have a single Tier 2 quarterback. We have one, excuse me, Tyler Van Dyke. And then, like, it's really crowded with quarterbacks in Tier 3, and I think about the the merits of some of these players, their Jerkoviches and so on and so forth. But it's it's Spencer Rattler that really surprises me that we see his name here. So what did you see with Spencer that has you saying, hey, I'm not punting because things got so bad towards yeah. the end at Oklahoma? First of all, I'm greatly concerned about Spencer Rattler. I, I will acknowledge that that right off the bat. Um, but man, there is there is something about him when you just watch him throw a football, man. He, he, he's got really, really natural arm talent and the ability to really access the entire field and I think I got really encouraged when I just kind of watched him function as a rhythm passer. And I think he did some really good things when he's in timing and his sequencing is there, like him executing quick game and just working in rhythm is really, really nice. And then you think to yourself, wow, he's also got this arm talent to do a lot of um, things that most quarterbacks can't do with, with where he can place the football. And so I get excited about that. Now, look, he's, he's got a long way to go here in terms of improving his decision-making Um I think his approach, I guess that goes back to decision-making, like how he sees the field and how he chooses to throw the football based on that. 
Um, you know, that's, that's concerning. I don't think he's a great athlete. I think he's got not necessarily the biggest you wish he was bigger. So there's like, there's, there's issues here. I, I recognize that there's problems, but man, like if, if it comes together, if the mindset comes together, he's got so much ability with his arm that just, it kind of forced me to put him here, but I recognize that there's a lot of opportunity for this to go in either direction. I just didn't want to be completely all the way out on Rattler. Cause I think he's got some. He's got some some players there at, at South Carolina in terms of his receivers and tight ends that that intrigue me a lot, and and I like that he went to South Carolina because it's going to I think it's going to force him to to play smart ball because I South Carolina is a below average SEC team I think that's probably pretty fair to say and like you can't just go to Oklahoma you got all these great players around you got this great scheme you're playing in this wide open conference you can just chuck the ball over the yard like you're gonna have to play mentally smart football at South Carolina or else it's going to get ugly. And so I really like this kind of the stage that that exists for Spencer Rattler, but I'm fully aware of uh, of you know this this maybe not going the way that it should, but I think it's the right opportunity for him to reinvent himself as a prospect, which is is pretty necessary right now. So he's in there in the midst of some of these toolsy quarterbacks like we already mentioned Richardson, but Will Rogers from Mississippi State, Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, Cam Ward from Washington yeah. State. Um, and then like guys that I think you would probably associate from a physical skill set to be a little bit more low ceiling, but, uh, played very proficient football when they had their opportunities. One of those being, um, where'd you go? Jake Hayner, Fresno state who yeah. Brentley really liked. And then, um, uh, Miles Brennan from LSU who Keith really liked. So I think you're going to, you're going to see a lot of variance with that group, uh, is what I will anticipate when it's all said and done, because, um, beauty of quarterback is in the eye of the beholder, you know, uh, I'm curious if you were surprised to see Xavier Thomas's name make tier three, Joe. No, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with Xavier Thomas. Um, and I know you did the write up this summer. I think I've done the last three years yeah. on Xavier Pass Thomas from Clemson. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely dialed in on him. Like the athleticism is really obvious and the way the, the urgency is, is really, really obvious. You know, I think he's had medical stuff that's that's not been helpful for him. But like in terms of just understanding what he offers physically, I think there's a lot to buy into. Although I I still think there's a lot for him to prove on tape. Yeah, he was um he was a player I struggled with a little bit until my brain kind of made the connection to D'Angelo Malone, and then I'm thinking about how D'Angelo Malone was as a player, and like I see a lot of the same physical attributes and potential. And, and that was kind of where I saw myself. Like Malone went in the third round, I think, to the Falcons this year. And I was like, well, like, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to buy in on the physical skill set. And there were a couple of guys, including a guy that we'll talk about tomorrow because I'm going to make sure we talk about him tomorrow, but Tyler Davis. Like that Clemson front guys who have struggled with availability. Uh, there's your spoiler alert for tomorrow. Tyler Davis uh, on the watch list, but in tiers one or tier two. Uh, any any players you see here on tier two that you have questions for me about, Joe? Mm. Questions for you about. That's an interesting. That's I mean, they could be Big Ten guys. They could be guys that you knew that I did and presented. Yeah. Well, I know that you didn't do him this round, but didn't you do Jadon Hazelwood, the wide receiver? I did. I did do Jadon. He Hazelwood, went to Missouri. Yes. So he was like Virginia Tech to Missouri. And now he's at Arkansas. He's He's been around the horn a little bit. He yeah. has. I, I guess I know you. Well, no, like, he he was at Oklahoma. Excuse me, Oklahoma. 
That's right. Why yeah. did I think he was at Missouri? There's another Vir- I I my wires are completely crossed there when it comes to uh to him because that's not who I was thinking of. What about uh, Sam? Let me ask you about Sam Laporta. Let me pivot. Yeah, there. sure. Sam Laporta, good football player. Yes. But I feel like you thought I should have been higher on him after I did my presentation. And I know that you did a very in-depth report on him last year. Tight end. Yeah, I think the thing with Laporta that I was ready to buy in on was the fact that A, his his share within a bad offense, I think is a good indicator of who he is and who he's capable of being. But then remembering he was a wide receiver when he first came to Iowa. And that transition for him and him being – as proficient as I thought he was in some of the harder things that a receiver transitioning to tight end is going to have to get their head around has me ready to say, well, you know, the receiving skill set is going to be there because he's a former receiver and he's carried the weight that he's added gracefully and he's showcasing himself to be proficient in a blocking role. So plus obviously the, the Iowa machine at tight end is, is hard to ignore as well. So there's a little helmet scouting for you here on a Tuesday, but um, all of that moved together for me where I'm like, oh man, I think this is a really easy projection to buy into for where the ceiling can go next. I got you. I got you. Can I shout out one player here in this tier that I think, I think he's gonna have a big year. I I'm really interested to see him is, um, Utah linebacker, Muhammad Diabate, and he's a Florida transfer. But thinking about what I watched at Florida, who a player that got some time to play on the edge and rush a little bit and off ball this past year, I like what he offers. And I think if they take him and put him into the Devin Lloyd role, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that is just going to rack up splash plays. And, you know, I think he, he offers a lot. So that's a player that I think can really, really rise here, especially if he if he gets into that Devin Lloyd role where I think the skill sets are really, really comparable. Man, I, I'm I'm pretty light on tier three that I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm looking at my distribution. It's like, geez, I um I was looking for like the one more to throw out there. It's like, well, I already acknowledged Cam Ward. A lot already. of your former players are in here. We kind of Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what's nice because I like I have a lot of familiarity with the Dante Demises of the world, who like mm-hmm. I'm super hopeful we get to see back at hundred percent health after uh, the ugly leg injury that he suffered last year because he was a riser. And then like that Maryland offense with Talia Tungavaloa and, and Rakeem Jarrett, and uh, they got Jalen Duncan, an offensive tackle, and they they have the potential to score a lot of points. I think they're one of the better skill groups in the Big Ten, if we're being honest. Uh, and some of that is dependent upon Dante Demas being healthy again. But you went back and watched his tape last year. It's like, damn, like, He's got the dog in him uh, as far as some of the the aggressiveness that he plays with attacking the football as a pass catcher. So uh, almost almost Pickens-esque, which is interesting for us to acknowledge here because Pickens is apparently killing it out in Pittsburgh camp amid a bunch of quarterbacks that apparently aren't killing it. So um, any parting thoughts before we close up and get ready for Tier 1 and Tier 2 show tomorrow, Joe? A lot of quarterbacks to sort out. A lot of quarterbacks yes. with a lot to prove, man. A lot of them. 
and a lot of a lot of offensive tackles that have yeah. the potential to catapult themselves, and we're going to yeah. need some of them to do that. So make sure you um, bump over to the DraftNetwork.com. Look for the 2023 TDN 100 watch list. Uh, came out last week, and it'll give you guys a great chance to kind of skim through, see the names, be prepared. And if you have questions for us, Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grind of the Dave. Uh, any complaints you have with the list, make sure you send them to to Chris <laughs> Schubert. I don't remember. He changed his his handle. So, yeah, he's playing chess, not checkers here. But uh, look for Chris Schubert on on Twitter and any complaints you have with with tears. That's who you would send that to. But uh, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, uh, thanks to our friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Uh, Thanks to Chris for all of his hard work as our producer floating around in the abyss somewhere, uh, making sure we get this produced. And Joe, thank you for the... um, the uh, visual aid there as well. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Draft Dudes. We'll talk with you again tomorrow to cover tiers one and two. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.